Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 145. Hey, this is Silo Moses, entrepreneur, speaker, and philanthropist. And if you want to learn how to build great relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chapel. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. I'd love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Silo Moses. Silo is a social entrepreneur, keynote speaker, change maker, Las Vegas top 100, Esquire top 40 under 40. And he's been recognized by the United States Congress and United States Senate for leadership in philanthropy. Silo, super stoked to be here with you, a Vegas local. Why don't you start off by telling (laughs) us what you're most excited about right now? 
Yeah, first of all, I'm so excited for being on this podcast. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to kind of share my mission and my voice with you and your audience. So again, thank you so much. This is awesome the opportunity. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, definitely. So let's go back to the beginning here and take us through your journey. So where you started with all of this, like when you were six and your parents were like, Silo, what do you want to do with your life? I doubt that it was what you're doing right now. So can you walk us through how you've arrived to being where you are currently? Yeah. You know, when I was six, I was a complete fan of music. I loved music. I loved everything about it. I love how you were able to kind of convey how you felt through music, whether it's through dancing, singing, production, whatever the case may be. Now, as I was growing up, I didn't have much of a singing voice, <laughs> couldn't dance too good. So I was like, what am I going to do in the music industry where I can make an impact? <laughs> and I couldn't play any instruments. So I decided at a very early age to become a DJ. And the DJ was basically the next best thing to becoming a rock star, I guess. And became so good at what I did. At 19 years old, I was DJing the clubs in New York City where I wasn't even old enough to drink at. So you know, <laughs> they had to like sneak me in through the back door. And they're like, hey, if, we, if the cops ever come in and we get raided, run right out that back door. Pretend you don't even know me. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it was a really good time. And I had a lot of fun. Met a lot of cool people. Made awesome money for a kid that was 19. Making you know, 1000 to 2000 bucks per DJ gig. And I was only working like four hours. Yeah. So it was good. Do that three, four, five times a week and you're making pretty good money. So at that point, was that like, were you at that point, like, basically, this is going to be something that I do for the rest of my life? Or was it always just kind of something to bridge the gap between this and your next opportunity? Yeah, that's a great question. Because I literally thought it was going to be something I was going to do for the rest of my life. I mean, I did it for a long time. I did it like, I got really professional at it at 19, making great money at 19. And then I ended up stopped doing it at 28. So this is, yes. So I did it for, it's all I knew. I didn't really have to work a full-time job, not Friday, nine to five, 40 hours a week because I was doing something I loved and I was making great cash doing it. I happened to meet a girl and she loved me, but she didn't love the fact that I was a DJ and everything that came with it, you know, the attention and the women and stuff like that. So she literally gave me an ultimatum and she said, you could quit DJing or you can quit me. Hmm. So I chose her. So. I was going to say, so you, so you kept DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Chose her. I, yeah. So, so, then, I, so then what came after that? Like you were just like, well, I guess I'll go back to school or like what, what exactly happened? Yeah. It was weird because I found myself at like 28, like going out and trying to find a job. Right. 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 For the first time. Basically. All making less money than what you were already making as a DJ, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Way less. And, you know, I thought this would make her happy. I thought this would make me happy. And I found out that I just hated it. And what happened was, is that the hate I had for this AK normal life started to kind of take its toll on our relationship. Hmm. So ironically, though, we stayed together for a long time. We stayed together for five years after. So it kind of worked and kind of didn't work. But Hmm. eventually we ended up breaking up. And you would think it was because of me going back to work was the reason why we broke up, but we didn't. So to bring this story forward, I was working in a call center and I was supervising a team, a small team, eight reps, making pretty good money for, again, nine to five, Monday through Friday. We're living in Las Vegas. And you know she was happy 
but it just wasn't enough money. It was like, felt like it was never enough. And I started falling behind on bills and I started falling behind on the car payment, started falling behind on rent. And even though she worked, she didn't make that much money either. And we had to downgrade. We went from like a five bedroom house to like a townhouse and from a townhouse to a condo. And when you're talking about all this downgrading, it's, it's a lot of stress. Hmm. It's the opposite of what you think should be happening at that point in your life, right? Exactly. The complete opposite, complete opposite. And now there's regret there too, because, you know, now I'm like, well, if I only would have stayed a DJ, I never would have seen this part of life. And it's because of her, Mm -hmm. right? So it's all perception. It's all me kind of taking my regret out on her, which was unfair to her. Hmm. Because here I am thinking, I made this sacrifice for you. And look where their sacrifice has led to. Right, right. So I'm working this nine to five job and it's a Monday morning. And real quick on that too, I think that's a problem for a lot of people because when you start getting in that mindset, then you start subconsciously kind of hoping that you fail because you want to throw it in the other person's face so bad. You know what I mean? Like, does that make yeah. sense? Like you get to this yeah. point where you're like, well, you made me do something that I didn't want to stop doing. So now subconsciously, you're totally... You're like rooting against yourself. You're like, man, I hope I make it, but I also hope I don't make it so I can like throw it in her face about like how much she screwed us over by making me quit this sort of particular thing. So even if you're not even consciously thinking it, you start getting these feelings of like manifesting bad results. And then that's what you start getting. Exactly. And not only that, even if you're not self-sabotaging yourself, because this is generally happens when you're in that scenario, you start to self-sabotage. Like you said, you start to kind of, almost manifest the failure so you can throw it back in their face. Mm-hmm. But even if you're not doing that, subconsciously, you're taking those choices and making the wrong choices anyway. So you are, even if you're not conscious that you're self-sabotaging yourself, right. you're doing it on a unconscious, subconscious level. Totally. Right? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I was working a nine to five job Monday through Friday, managing eight reps, had my own little team. We were doing phenomenal take but you know, the team was making money. I was making okay, decent money, like forty grand a year. So in Vegas, that's actually decent money. I mean, you can live on that. Like it's not exceptional, right? But you can live right. on it. Mm-hmm. And I went to work Monday morning. I have a very great work ethic. Always first one in the office. Always last one in the office. I'll come in on Saturdays. Need to work a ten-hour day. Like that's just how I am. And I walked into work Monday morning, seven a.m. We don't get started till nine, but I like to get to work early, set up my day, what, what our goals are going to be, what my reps are going, what guidelines I'm setting up for my reps for the day to make sure they hit their results, hit their goals. And as soon as I walk in, the big boss is there. So, you know, this is the big guy, like the big, big guy it is the yeah. guy you only see twice a year, right? It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. whenever it's a, the holiday or bonus check time. Yeah, <laughs> right. 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 He, he shows up to the office on the holidays waves and then he takes off you never see him again uh, <laughs> or he comes in with checks in his hand going guess guess what today is commission or bonus day so he was there and as soon as i walked in i didn't even get a chance to make it to my desk i saw my bag over my shoulder i still had like my coffee in my hand and as soon as i get to my desk he's like i need to talk to you in my office no hello how are you just i need to talk to you in my office meanwhile no one's there it's 7 a.m <laughs> so you're feeling pretty good at this point <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I drop my bag, I drop my coffee. I'm taking the 30 steps to his office, thinking in the back of my head, this is either a great thing or a really bad thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Either I'm about to get a hell of a raise or I did something that 
literally pissed him off. And I have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. So getting to his office and before my butt hits the chair, he says, I got to let you go. Hmm. My first question, anyone's first question would be why? Mm-hmm. So why? Why are you letting me go? We're doing awesome. My team's kicking butt. We're hitting our, our financial goals every week. We're making you money. Like, well, what's the challenge? He says, I can't afford you. Hmm. Said, well, that's an easy fix. I'll take a pay cut. I'll work for 30000 a year. I don't care. Just give me like some extra bonuses from time to time. Yeah. Because still can't afford you. I go, okay, that's an easy fix too. Forget my salary. Just throw me on the phones next to my reps. I'll make $10 an hour. I don't care. Remember, by this time, I was already 30 days behind on my rent, 60 right. days behind on my car payment. Right. Like right? I need money in my bank account. Right. So Absolutely. You have, let me do that. Absolutely. And he said, no, he wasn't going to do that. So I asked him why. He said, because if I put you on the phones next sitting next to your reps, that would confuse your reps and that would lower their production because they wouldn't be focused on closing sales. They'd be focused on why is my manager sitting next to me on the phone. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So he's only letting you go. He kept your whole team. Yeah. Well, here's a nice little twist in the story as well. So he did say this. He goes, all right, so you're obviously no longer working here as of right now. He Hmm. said, but here's what I will do for you. You've been here for a while. You've proven yourself. You have made us money. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a severance check. And I'm going to give you that severance check this coming Friday, payday Friday. You cannot work. You must go home and don't come back till Friday. But I will pay you as if you did work this week on Friday. And I took that as an okay parting gift. You know, I said, okay, I need money. So I'll take it. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. Got in the car, called my landlord. 
I said, hey, listen, I know I'm 30 days behind on rents. I got to let you know what my situation is. My boss just let me go. But he did give me, offer me a severance paycheck. He's going to be giving me Friday. I guarantee to you that entire paycheck is going to go to you. I'm not going to keep the dime of it. And the landlord said, yeah, is that, that's what you're going to do? I said, yes. He said, okay, I will be waiting for a phone call from you or seeing you Friday. I said, okay, great. Hung up with him. Friday comes. And once again, I'm at the building, 7 a.m., just as if it was a regular workday for me. And as soon as I walk up to the front building and look at the entry glass doors, there is a huge padlock on the doors. <laughs> so what happened was that the company that could not afford to pay me couldn't even afford to pay the rent on the building they were in, and they got kicked out the following day. No way. So I didn't get paid that Friday. So I called my landlord and I said, Hey, listen, you're yeah. not going to believe this. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> my, dog, yeah. my dog ate. ate <laughs> yeah. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> he said, So do you have the money or not? I told him what happened. He goes, Do you have the money or not? I said, I don't. I don't have anything. Company was kicked out of the building. There's no paycheck waiting for me. I don't have anything. He said, Well, if that's the same answer you have come Monday, I'm going to be sending the constables over to your place and you will be evicted and kicked out on the spot. Ouch. So I had the weekend to come up with you know, the rent and it was over $1,000 easy. And my bank account was like $7, hmm. right? So I literally did everything that I could come up with the money that weekend. I mean, I sold everything in my apartment that wasn't nailed down, couches, TVs, uh, my bed, right? Dining room table and chairs basically all went. By the time Monday came around, I had $430, called my landlord on Sunday night. I said, I've got 430 bucks. Will that get me through to at least the next two weeks? He said, do you have the thousand? I said, I have 430. He says, if you don't have the thousand by tomorrow morning, you will be evicted. Next morning came 6 a.m., boom, boom, boom on my front door. I open the door. It's the landlord and the constable. And he says, do you have the $1,000 for rent? I said, no. The constable, which is you know a cop essentially, looked at me and he said, you have 15 minutes to grab whatever you can and get out. That's crazy. That's crazy. So from this point forward, like this whole time, you never thought about going back to DJing? No. I was still with my ex at the time. She was with me okay. through this whole thing. So then what do you do at that point? Like, how did you get into the position that you are in now? Yeah. So there's a whole story behind that. You know, I ended up going homeless. I was day one of homelessness here in Vegas, uh, homeless for seven months. So I didn't have a, a car to sleep in. So I didn't sleep in my car. I didn't have a couch to crash on. Uh, so I didn't sleep on any couches. I literally squatted in abandoned buildings and ate food wherever I could find it. So did that for seven months. I met someone once I hit rock bottom who believed in me before I believed in myself. And he was kind of there as a helping hand to help me get back on my feet. He never did anything for me. He always just motivated me to do it myself. Hmm. And just being around this guy, as annoying as he was, because my mind state at the time was seven months without speaking to a single soul completely alone. Wow. No one waving at me. No one saying, hi, Silo. How are you? How is your day? People look through me, forget past me. I, my beard was growing out. I'm wearing the same clothes for seven months, ripped, torn, dirty. I'm sure I didn't smell too good. Yeah. 
I was very lonely. So by the time this person came into my life and stepped up, I was very annoyed at the fact that he was talking to me. Like, why are you talking to me? I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm a piece of crap. Like, why? Why waste your time with me? What is wrong with you? And he kept persistent. He stayed persistent and come by and see me every day, bring me a sandwich, just motivate me, talk to me, inspire me. Eventually, him coming by every day for two, three weeks, I started to look at things differently in the world. I started to ask myself different questions. I started to find different answers. I started to take action. I started to formulate a plan. I started to follow that plan. And within a month and a half of just talking to this guy every day, I'm back on my feet. Like, and back on my feet literally just means I have a roof over my head. I'm no longer squatting in abandoned buildings. I've got a little bit, tiny, tiny bit of food in the fridge. I found a job that was commission only, and I'm working my ass off there. I'm walking seven miles to work, seven miles back home after work. I'm going in on the weekends, right? I'm just like grinding. And like, I'm basically just doing whatever I need to do to get back on my feet again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So after I got back on my feet, had a little bit of food in the fridge and I had a roof over my head. I've got security. I've got a door and a lock to it that I can lock and unlock at any time. And I felt secure. I went out and started serving and giving back in the community. And I went out and I just started serving those who were in the same place I was just a few months ago. So I started serving fresh food, clothing, hygiene to all those who are currently on the streets and went out, served 30 people. And then the following Monday, consistently, I went out every single Monday, every single week doing this for years. I did this for still doing it today. And we're coming up on four years next month. And just went out for the first time I served. I served 30 people. Following Monday, I went back. I served 60. And then the following Monday, I brought someone back with me and they served with me. And then we just started to grow and grow and grow. And today, now we have an organization that's over 105 volunteers, 70 that are full-time, and we've served 97,000 meals in the Valley for free. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So, so yeah. So it's been one hell of a joyride for sure. But to bring this full circle, if I would have stayed as a DJ, none of this would even exist. Right. Right. If right. I didn't make that choice to stay with my girl and choose her versus DJing, none of this would exist. If I didn't choose to leave DJing and start working nine to five and go through the hardships and go through homelessness, well, none of this would even happen. It wouldn't even exist. No one, yeah. would, it wouldn't be there. Right? That's crazy. That's crazy, but, man. So, so now you have this whole organization that helps out all the homeless in, in Vegas and stuff like that, and then you also do consulting for businesses on how they can increase their bottom line while also giving back. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is something I've morphed into. It was just, it wasn't something that I planned. It's just something people started to come to me and they started asking me questions and I started giving them answers that seemed to work for them in their business. You know, the kind of success that we've had as an organization serving those who are less fortunate. I have business owners that come to me who've owned businesses, nonprofits in the community for 8, 10, 14 years, and they come to me for answers. And I asked them, I said, why this is the third time we've sat down and we've talked and I've given you some of my knowledge. I'm surprised it's not the other way around. How come I'm not asking you for your knowledge? And they literally said, they said, the kind of success that you're seeing as a business in the community is not the kind of success you see until you're in this for 10 years. Hmm. And you're doing it in four. So yeah. 
they're like, obviously, you know, something and we need to know what you know, so we can apply it to our business. Yeah, totally. So that started morphing into consulting. And then I found my niche consulting companies that are mission-driven, that have mission-driven people that work for them, social entrepreneurs who want to make an impact and some of the most pressing causes that we have as human beings on this planet, whether it's education, whether it's poverty, whether it's environmental. I feel really passionate about these people. They feel passionate about me. And we reciprocate that passion by sharing knowledge and I help their businesses grow so they can make a deeper impact and what impacts them. So not really only helping nonprofits even, like helping real businesses have a higher impact basically, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a business person. Like I think like a business mind, right? I think growth, I think scaling, I think systems, I think procedures. And that's part of the reason why we've had the success we've had as an organization that gives back is because I thought of it the entire way from start to finish as a business. I never once thought of it as a nonprofit. Hmm. So Hmm. it was, even though we were doing great in the community, I never saw us as a nonprofit. I never saw us, you know, even though we did work in the community that felt like a nonprofit and just starting off, we had to work other, under other nonprofits to kind of raise awareness of what we were doing. Today, if you wrap it around four years plus, today it's a complete business. And that's the only way that I feel that I can grow in my social impact is by thinking it and taking it in the stance of a business owner. Yeah. So that's who I appeal to. I appeal to business owners who are mission-driven people. They have mission-driven businesses. They're social entrepreneurs. They want to profit. They want to grow. They want to scale. They want to give. They want to impact the world. And they want to create a difference. And do better in business. It's really right. what it comes down to. It's just right. doing better in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more money that they make as a business person, the more impact that you can have like on the world around you for sure. Yeah. And we're really essentially when you boil it down to its last element, to its last morsel, we're really just talking about profit and purpose. Because mm-hmm. a lot of business owners have a ton of profit, ton of success. I mean, this is kind of the experience that I've seen with those who I've sat down with. I've sat down with people who make an exceptional amount of money or exceptionally influential. And we sit down and when we talk about their business and profits, they know it to a T. They know it to a T. When mm-hmm. we talk about purpose, they literally start crying hmm. because they have no idea what their purpose is. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is we combine both of them to give them that exceptional life that they're looking for. You can have all the profits in the world, but if you don't have any purpose, then what are you doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you have all the purpose in the world, fantastic, but you need the profits for that purpose to go further. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like they're definitely both needed, bro. And I, I appreciate you coming on talking about a lot of this kind of stuff. And usually we end up talking about networking a lot more, but I'm so fascinated by the story. I didn't want to cut you off at any point. So, um, uh, yeah, but, but since we do have just a few minutes left, I do need to ask you this one question to move on to the last segment here. But this is a question I ask everybody that comes on the show. It's geared towards networking. So we're going to have a clear shift in the conversation here and, and ask this question, chat about this for a second. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Who you know is more important because who you know can provide you the knowledge that you're looking for. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's always my, I always give like a little bit longer of an answer, but that's usually my answer is that, you know, the what's always going to increase with the who, like, uh, like yep. every single time you get around the right who's, then your what is going to like just 
go through the roof. You know, it's not even like a comparison of how much knowledge you gain and not even just knowledge, just like the mindset, the conversations, the like everything, the culture, like the things they they talk about, like the habits that they have, the books that they're reading, like everything. You get around people who are just on a different level than you. You have no choice but to be better. (laughs) Like it just happens. Yeah. I mean, if you're hanging out with Oprah five days a week and you're not (laughs) taking any of the knowledge that she's giving to you, there's going to come a time where Oprah doesn't want to hang out with you anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you don't increase your level to match the level of the people that you hang out with, then they're not going to hang out with you anymore. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, yeah, you're going to either have to do it or you're going to have to like not hang out with those people anymore because they don't like those kind of people are always getting better and they don't carry dead weight with them, which sounds rude and mean, but it's just the bottom line. You like, you need to become the person that you need to become. And one way to do that is, in my opinion, the best way to do that is to get around the right people. So yeah, glad we kind of touched on that for a second here before we move on to the last segment. Something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yeah, awesome. Shoot. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? All right, so... Not DJing, so I've already attempted that, right? So <laughs> something outside my own that I think would be fun to attempt. I like solar energy for some reason. Huh. Yeah, well, that's a great industry. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Mm, that's a toss-up between Gandhi and St. Teresa. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Books. What is a book that you'd recommend to the audience? The Mind That Changes Itself. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. I wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I do my hour of power, which includes meditation, prayer, and working out, push-ups, exercises, burpees. Then it's off to breakfast, shower, and then off to my day. What is something that you're just not very good at? Working with my hands. There you go. Yeah. Those are the good ones when, when somebody has to sit there and think about it for a second because you know you're going to get <laughs> What is your go-to pump-up song? Fine China by Chris Brown. All right. And <laughs> as you get everything wrapped up here, bro, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? Right now, LinkedIn. Awesome. Awesome. And that's just Silo Moses at LinkedIn. So if you are spending a lot of time on LinkedIn, you want to learn more about Silo, head over to LinkedIn, add him there. Silo Moses, S-I-L-O-H and last name Moses. Silo, thanks so much for coming to the show today, man. A little bit unconventional of an episode, but we touched on a lot of really great stuff. So I appreciate you coming on, man. My pleasure. We can always do a part two. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.